morning, everybody. Happy week. Uh, it's the day after retreat, um, and thus my husky voice is back uh, back after an intense and unforgettable weekend, which is hosted our 25th Ultimate 48 Health Retreat with amazing people from all over Australia. So that was really, really exciting. Um, and as always, um, you know, get up. Had my 12-hour sleep last night. And um, and got up, went to my PT. I'm still hot, <laughs> hot from that. I uh, had my shower, and I'm here to do the post retreat uh, wrap up, clean up. But first of all, we're going to do our Monday morning live and do my lives uh, as I do each Monday morning here at 9 a.m. Good morning, Karen Faye. Uh, Silas, nice to see you guys. I'm going to do my sharing here, and today we are going to talk about a question that hit my inbox uh, the other day from one of my gorgeous authors around, uh, Nat, what would it cost to take the business um, uh, national and, um, you know, what are the things around accommodation, uh, advertising, what else was here, um, event venues, having a virtual assistant, all that kind of stuff. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a background of my journey and what it used to cost me, what it's costing me now, um, and how all of that works, and whether or not you're ready for this. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Good morning, Benetta. Nice to see you as well, my neighbour. All right, so I'm going to do my little share, you guys, here into the couple of groups that this also goes live in, and then we're going to get started with this morning's content. And that this way, I can tick one thing off my list Um uh, for I have so many messages and emails that have come across over the weekend because we've been at retreats so I wanted to focus on my retreat participants and make sure I'm not distracted by other messaging and so therefore this morning is all the clean up after all of that and um, uh, and one of the questions obviously that I wanted to answer for a client was to um, obviously was this so that way I don't have to do it after the call I said I'm doing a live on this morning uh, and go through and watch it it's going to be an awesome 30 minutes together so if you guys have any further questions around the topic around what um, what was uh, asked of me and you're curious about stuff please post them up as we go along we'll give me some love hearts and thumbs ups and all that kind of stuff so a uh, bit of background um, about when I started taking my business to other cities and around the country and then around the world. Good morning, Sandy. Um, we, uh, I basically built a lot of uh, relationships, friendships, connections over Facebook in groups, um, just you know, being visible, adding value, all that kind of stuff. And actually, my initial uh, national tours for the first probably 18 months, I did not use any paid advertising, right? Which you kind of go, well, you don't live there, you don't have a network there, but the network I built was purely through uh, Facebook and just, um, you know, that repetitive um, fact that people see you, see you, see you, see you, see you, and then, um, you know, when are you going to come to our city? and using my contacts and uh, connections to help me get bums on seats in those cities for my events. Um, so that's how it originally happened. I um, Accommodation, I would figure out, you know, what is the most affordable way, uh, you know, affordable place I could stay in uh, using Airbnbs 
and things like that and basically did a really, really on low cost. I actually used to source out, I had this venue in Sydney um, and some of you that are Sydney people, uh, the Bat and Ball Hotel, they had a function room at the back which is actually reasonable but it was absolutely free. Um, and I just figured out ways, you know, uh, of doing it. Like one lady that I was um, in contact with from Brisbane, she also let me use uh, like almost like a boardroom kind of conference room for hire, um, you know, for free as well. So I th there was ways for where I was in the journey. I tried to figure out where I could save and where I would need to invest money to get myself across to these cities. And my initial events, you guys, were pretty much six to ten people. So there wasn't like, you know, massive numbers of people. Nowadays we get about 25 to 35, 40 people in our interstate events. But then that's also because we're able to invest a, um, a lot more into the promotion of them and also because we're aware of uh, what is it, uh, what is likely to be our outcome and our result uh, when we have invested X amount of dollars, what's likely to be the output. So the input's going to be this much and the output's going to be this much. Good morning, Humara. You're up late in Dubai. And Danny, I hope you guys have recovered a little bit. I did have my 12-hour sleep last night, so it's been it's been a whirlwind last three or four days. Um, all right, and I'm waiting for some stuff from you, Humara. Today, uh, you said you're going to send me some stuff, and today is the 20th of May, and it's birthday week, you guys. It's my birthday this week. It's on Friday, and I've got so many things planned um, that I can't wait to do. Uh, starting this afternoon, I'm going shopping with a stylist, and I'm getting my photos done on Wednesday and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, off track a little bit back because I saw all these gorgeous people uh, log on. I'm going to go back into that message. So I'm going to start off. So there's five different things that this particular author of mine asked me. Uh, you know, she said, I'm thinking about the national. Uh, can you give me an estimate around what plane uh, flights would cost, accommodation, event venue cost, Facebook advertising and virtual assistant for a year. So let's start at the top and that is the plane. <laughs> of course, like how much the, the, the flights cost. Well, um, if you're just starting out, go and compare all of the air. When you're booking flights, compare the airlines, um, the three major ones I would do, the Jetstar, Virgin and Qantas here in Australia. Good morning, Adrian. See, the authors that were just at retreat, they're up and at it already. <laughs> um, go and compare the, the, the uh, flights and, um, you know, when they leave, when they come. You know, if you uh, want to save a little bit of money, you know, get on a super early morning flight or, or go late at night or, you know, just figure out, you know, what is affordable for you at that point in time that you are um, um, uh, wanting to do your event. One thing I'm going to say about flights, please, please, please don't risk it and go on a super early morning flight to do your event on that same day just to save an accommodation. Nowadays, you don't know... Um, uh, you know, whether flights are going to be delayed, cancelled, and we hear of that all of the time. And you don't want that extra stress, especially if you have invested the money to get people bum, bums on seats in those cities. There was only one time I missed uh, making it to an event, um, and that was going across from Perth to Adelaide, um, basically mid-flight, someone's going to die, and they diverted us back to Kalgoorlie, uh, which meant we couldn't land back into Adelaide later on in that evening, even though I was flying the day before. Uh, but basically, uh, my, my event was going to be the following day. 
And so we had to be diverted right back to Perth once we dropped off the person who wasn't well in Kalgoorlie. And then I uh, had to fly out the following morning and completely missed my nine to event, a, a nine to one workshop, um, and basically had to reschedule and I uh, rebooked it for the following week. And luckily, everything had um, worked out. And eighty percent of the people who were meant to be there actually could come the following week anyway. So. Uh, always go on the day before if you want to save a bit of money go on the un inappro not inappropriate times but um, the unfriendly times um, and check uh, what airlines have what specials I like to book my flights ahead of time uh, I usually do six months worth of flights so when um, it's about October I'll do general all my flights from January because I know my schedule uh, and that also booking ahead of time or or watching um, where things are at, that's where you can also save a bit of money rather than doing it last minute. Um, Skyscanner, there you go, Adrian saying Sky, Skyscanner is good to look, you can check dates and set up alerts if you want, and you're right, yeah, you can set up alerts and all that sort of stuff. So um, some people have a preference of airlines, maybe because they have got um, uh, frequent flyer points or whatever it is. Um, I personally don't have a preference. I follow the rules that the airline has. So be very mindful if you're going with Jetstar that you don't have any more than that seven kilos of hand luggage because you are going to get into trouble. Um, so just follow the rules, buy extra luggage. So because our business has a lot of weight because we're carrying books. Good morning, babe. Are you at my house yet? <laughs> um, um, uh, What's it called? Aviv was meant to be coming, guys. <laughs> and uh, I started this love and hadn't said hello. Um, anyway, so, um, uh, well, I lost my train of thought now. Uh, Facebook, what is it? Flights, what we were talking about. Uh, oh, yeah, luggage, luggage, luggage. Okay, so luggage, um, uh, make sure, like with us, carrying a lot of books, I'm always booking the extra. I'm not going to book 20 or 25 kilos. I'll always go for the 40. Uh, one advantage that I like about Jetstar is that you can have multiple pieces of luggage. Um, therefore, um, you know, if you're going to buy the 40 kilos, you can have two or three bags. Um, the other airlines, you have to buy the extra piece of luggage and that's something that, you know, otherwise you have to stick to that one piece that has to be a certain weight and all that sort of stuff. And then on the way back, so I always estimate and buy a little bit more than I need because I know that my, what I do in my business requires a lot of weight and therefore I don't want to get into trouble at the counter. It's shit when someone has to say, you're overweight, you get paid this extra stuff and it never happens anymore. I've become a master packer. All right, so that's it about um, flights, sky scanners and app and um, and just, and then you'll learn if, you, if you're doing something repetitively, you know, which airline, like for example, we always fly across to Perth with, uh, with Qantas on our early morning flight and we get there just for like almost brunch um, and on the way back we know only the best deal is uh, Qantas to Adelaide. Um, you know, sorry, Perth to Adelaide and then it's the best uh, connection is Virgin. You get to learn uh, the time of the week because our thing is a repetitive. So when it becomes repetitive, you'll know which airline is the best one that goes where. I'm always check, but it's like almost we rock up at the exact same airline and flight when we're going across to different places. Um, in due course, when you're ready, if you want to invest further for more comfort and going to business uh, business class and all that kind of stuff, absolutely do so. But don't do it. Don't throw your money down um, the toilet if you're just starting out. You've got to be just a little bit um, 
mindful where you're at and you know gauge so for me staying in airbnbs and working out how to save money to get across to other cities and all that sort of stuff we've become a little bit more lenient where we're investing to stay at the hotels where we're hosting our events and all that sort of stuff obviously we've added on Stuart coming with me rather than me going alone alone which which doubles all the expenses and all that so you you creep up in terms of you know how you do it and what you invest in it Okay, so accommodation already said. In the beginning, you might want to just figure out Airbnbs and affordable places you can stay in, uh, but don't try to save on that extra night um, by trying to fly, in, fly into the uh, place the early in the morning to do your event. Uh, luckily, I've never been burnt, but I have done that two or three times, and someone said to me that you're playing with fire there, yeah? Um, so that's what I find, you know, and if you do use Airbnbs, make sure you leave people awesome feedback and sometimes if it becomes a regular thing, you might even have a regular place to go back to and stay in. All right, event venue costs. I already um, spoke a little bit about um, having a, uh, your events at potentially free venues. I mean, of course, it takes a little bit of research and asking lots of questions. And I can tell you initially when you're doing it, you're going to have to spend a lot of time on the phone, uh, a lot of time ringing places, asking questions. And not every venue is uh, good at give, giving you quotes back and all that kind of stuff. Be very mindful on old upsells. Like, you know, the, uh, the one thing I hate investing in is projector hire. Um, I think it's ridiculously expensive, like two, three hundred dollars, and the venue could be uh, like the venue hire could be costing you that much. I actually have had a projector. Um, I bought it even before I had a business. It's probably 12, 13 years old, and I've had it for so, so long. Uh, used, used to use it at home for movies and things like that. Uh, but uh, it has that still the lamp is working. And whenever we, they, people, uh, venues try to charge us projected higher, we say, can we bring our own? And we pack that in and we bring it along. And it works just fine. And this is like something I've had for 13 years. So um, I just used it in uh, Wollongong the other day and we note down where we need to take it and we take it along. Um, I don't see the point of, um, you know, double the venue costing double over having to hire a projector. So please invest in one. I went to Officeworks the other day. Um, a brand new one is, no, you can get a reasonable one for $500. Otherwise on eBay, eBay is your friend, you probably can get uh, secondhand ones a lot, lot cheaper. Um, and that way it just, uh, yeah, when I know what they cost and what people try to uh, charge for hiring them, it just, I feel it's a waste of um a waste of money. Um, uh, I uh, most venues will give you the um, flip chart or the the whiteboard and all that kind of stuff as part of part of the thing. And as I said in my early days, I figured out you know little function rooms that I could get for free at the backs of pubs because then you can say going with the aspect of um, look, people will have lunch here most likely after we finish the event, and which is what used to happen with us. And they were so grateful that that have like twenty orders or drinks, and people would do all of that in a non-peak time because if your event is um, like a morning and that place is open from the morning but they don't really get a lot of traffic and all that because they're a bar, then they're getting business um, and people through the door without needing to, um, you know, you're kind of bringing the business and, and vice versa, you're getting the, the venue for free. So develop awesome relationships with people at different venues and when you find one that you love, of course, keep going back to them 
they'll get used to you, you get used to them and you really enjoy going back there because you just know exactly, they know what you want, you know what you want and, and so on. When we uh, had to do a lot of research when we took our business to the US, uh, oh my goodness, it was like different countries have different rules uh, in terms of how bookings happen and and what you get and there's no such thing as coffee and tea during an event like here it's just like a standard thing that you ask for um and, and then the other things i guess you gotta be mindful of will you provide coffee and tea on arrival and break uh because they can sometimes something is charged like six or seven dollars a head multiply that across 30 or 40 people you're kind of going really four five hundred dollars for coffee or tea um so just bear bear those things in mind you don't necessarily have to provide that um you know fresh water whatever it is and tell people ahead of time or sometimes what we have done is actually because sometimes venue coffee and tea is absolute crap um the well, the coffee um we uh, we figure out if there's a spot uh, somewhere around the area that has barista coffee and if we uh, if we want to, like when these people arrive for their reg, I would say, would you like a, a real coffee? Uh, and we'll take the order. We actually go and buy um, like the stack of a, a tray of coffees and all that. Of course, this uh, you know for massive events you can't do that. Uh, but we'll go buy it, and actually, uh, it's a lot more personal and friendly. And for four dollars versus that, uh, the venue charging you six dollars for crappy, um, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever that coffee they put on it's just like watery watery coffee anyway you guys so that's my opinion around um venues um as you grow you'll be able to uh find and source and you can negotiate don't forget to negotiate with venues um you know and tell them look i am likely to use your venue two or three times a year or all that i'm looking for a long-term um relationship and um for us we can say look we we um mentor and uh, have a lot of clients to do who do their own events so by us having you at your venue when people ask us where should we go in Perth and Adelaide or whatever it is generally our recommendation is the venue that we like and we will um, you know say hey <clears throat> go and speak to this venue so there's a, a potential of um, you know a referral business from our business because our clients are their clients at the same time so think of the venue being a collaborative partner when we a perfect example went to Wollongong um, the other day in this venue that we used um, actually was really um, awesome by the time we set it up we walked in we was like oh my god where have we come and then um, and then uh, they said oh we haven't done an event here forever they go do you have pictures of this on your website because when we set it up they said oh my god it looks amazing the room um, and we said well let's take some pictures and you guys can put them on your website and then can advertise this so your actual business makes more money and um, so Stuart emailed the pictures through but during the event uh, the, a couple of the participants said, oh my God, I didn't know this place existed here. Actually, the events, all that sort of stuff, I'm thinking of coming back. So two people, they were going to get two business out of two people who were at the our event for future future opportunities. So use that as leverage and ammunition to negotiate the price. And, um, and uh, once you know how to do it um, and you have written a system, you can then give it to someone to manage it for you and to research and contact venues. Um, for us, Stuart is the venue person. So he's, um, and again, when he is um, booking venues or setting things up, he does them in clusters. So he's not like looking for one for this place and all that sort of stuff. He's always looking for, let's book in all the venues for the next six months that we need. 
uh, sort it all out, put all the agreements in, uh, everything's set. So same thing, um, everything that I do when it comes to national travel and tours and all that, it's done in like a six-month block. So I'll sit down, book all of my flights for six months. Stuart will sit down, book all the venues for six months. Of course, now it's easier and faster because we've already researched and found the places that we use or we we go sometimes it's like um, a lot of them will be repeat and others got really need to find a new venue um, in this city so then that's where your your bulk of your research will go into so they're the kind of things to just um, make sure that, yeah, that you're looking through and certainly a virtual assistant if you don't have a steward uh, can help you do that even uh, if, even if they're remote they could be emailing venues and asking questions and all that initially I do recommend as you're the business server you're the most passionate person about your business and what you think and how you can sell yourself and what you do uh, you're the best person to obviously negotiate and ring places until you you get the language for it so that you can um, outsource it to someone else the next question here was Facebook advertising ha huh? all right so uh, one thing I want you all to ensure even before you take your business on the road national is that um, for however, how many people do you need to speak to or be in front of in order for um, a percentage of them to become a client of yours in your thing that you do, right? Or to, to become a, a customer, right? Um, I want you to uh, be certain that what you do uh, can be monetized, right? Sometimes people can start and doing stuff and uh, going to places yet they don't have a very clear picture of what their sales funnel is. Um, and where the client goes from one step to the other and why are they at the event and what's the ultimate intention of the event and where do we want them to go next, okay? And when you have done that and have run and uh, exhausted all organic uh, strategies and things that cost low amounts of money but you've hustled, you've found people, you've asked to be recommended, all that kind of stuff, of course you can start testing and measuring and putting out advertising to sell tickets to your event through Facebook or Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Um, in this case, you should hire an expert who is going to uh, help you alongside you. So this is going to be a uh, relationship where you have to be actively present. You can't just outsource it and forget it. Um, so you're going to have to most likely provide images, content, uh, discuss your uh, model and um, and look for alternate ideas as you go along because if you're going to do this permanently and long term as we have for the last four and a half years since we started, you have to keep reinventing yourself and uh, changing as times change and how the algorithms of social media adjust and work. So, um, so it's really important to um, seek out an expert, look, work alongside them and set a budget per event. We work on a retainer with our expert uh, whereby we pay a monthly fee and whatever needs to be done around Facebook gets done. Sometimes people work on per event scenario where, you know, I want you to help me with this event, da 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 But if it's something that's going to be around the clock kind of thing, you need to uh, set up some kind of like a retainer type of relationship. Um, then it's obviously you'll have the fees that you're paying that person on a retainer and then you're going to have your Facebook advertising fees uh, which are going to be, um, as I said, set, set a budget um, in terms of what you'll spend. Initially, I think we're somewhere between 5 to 750 per event, 500 to 750 to an event. Very quickly we went to one to one and a half thousand and now we 
invest about $2,000 on Facebook advertising. So this is just the spend, not the fees that we pay on the retainer. So I'm talking about purely ad spend. And then what you're monitoring and what you'll learn over a period of time is, um, um, you know, the touch points, the conversions, what is it costing you to get a person in the room? Um, you know, if, you, if you're doing well, it could be anything as little as $50 or $60, anything as much as $250 to $300, which has happened to us in the past. And, um, and this is scary, like entering that world of investing significant amounts of money to get bums on seats. You have to be certain. This is why I'm saying you have to be certain how you, uh, uh, what you do, how it sells, what's the percentage of conversion rate that you get um, so that you know as you go through, of course, you're going to have some events that are super successful and some of the events are going to be donuts, right? Donuts. Um, I think earlier this year, like we had like almost three events in a row where we got absolutely no conversion, but then we had four or five events where we had double the conversion we normally get. So every year when I sit down and as I monitor this, I actually see where the average sits and ultimately it just eventuates to be the exact same thing. So therefore I don't get freaked out when I have invested, let's say, $4,000 to go somewhere, be there, host my events, so starting at minus 4000 I don't stress if I don't convert because I know I just keep turning up, I keep turning up, you keep turning up and keep doing your best. Uh, with the same energy, with the same enthusiasm and you keep going and you, you will turn around and you ha will have snowball effects and you'll have times where you feel like, you know, this is not working. So that's why you don't want to stress yourself out. It's not the time to enter Facebook advertising if you can't make peace with the money that you put in there that potentially you might not get anything return on investment. You need to give yourself two to three months minimum testing and measuring time when you start working with a Facebook ads person so that you can properly establish a presence as well as figure out what's working, what's not working um, and not just give up on the person because you're freaking out that in two or three weeks time nothing has happened and you've invested a thousand two thousand dollars or more yeah so um be mindful seek for advice seek for recommendations from other people and monitor but make sure you're being an active participant in the relationship with that person that's helping you because um, you know, and look at other people's ads, you know, that do similar things to you. You know, what is it that they put on? Uh, how do they do it? Are they doing more video? Are they putting testimonials? Are they um, spo uh, sponsoring blogs? Or they're putting live streams that are, as a Facebook ad? So, you know, there's ways, you know, that you initially maybe build an audience and then you retarget that audience and do all of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know the intricate detail of how it happens. I know Stuart knows a little bit more than me. Um, and of course, the person we're working with knows more than us. But as you go through it and get familiar with it, you know what's good and what's going well and what's not so good, right? The last one here, guys, as we, uh, uh, our virtual assistant, that's right. So the last question my awesome uh, client uh, author had uh, for me is not virtual assistant for a year, you know, to help out with promotion newsletters, things like that. So um, if you hire a virtual assistant through an agency, 
um, you will generally almost pay double the hourly rate than if you hire them just purely yourself. Um, of course, through an agency, they might come in some shape or form trained um, and prepped and understanding what you need, and they won't need you won't need to waste time or energy as much. But you still gotta you know, get that person really um, up to speed in your systems to understand you, what you want, how you work, all that sort of stuff. Um, my experience, I've only had one virtual assistant ever. She's been with us more than three and a half years. Uh, we hired her purely through Upwork.com and um, and basically spent, um, she had no experience at all, spend the time uh, training her up, um, you know, getting her used to what we were doing. And, and I guess she grew with me at the same time because I was figuring out how to have a virtual assistant and what do I give them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, she's now part of the business and the family for so long. We're taking her, well, we're meeting her in her country in the Philippines uh, this October with mum and Viv. Um, and we're having a 10 day team building if you like kind of experience so i can actually meet her and we can all sort of see each other physically so um you can do things like this i know francesca got her three virtual assistants flown across to australia and they just experienced her whole um her events her three-day events like her high-end program and all that and the reason i guess we like doing this is because the relationships are super important to us um, virtual assistants um, are very, very, uh, well, can be very, very loyal if you do the right thing by them. That's that's the same thing with any person that works in, or within your business, um, but they don't have to cost an arm and a leg, especially if they're outsourced from other countries. Philippines being the closest country to Australia without too much of a time difference, so we're only two hours uh, time difference, so therefore we can work, um, you know, the same hours, the two hours behind, um, and um, and it's the preferred country for most entrepreneurs here in Australia to get virtual assistance from. What can they cost? Anywhere from five dollars US upwards. As I said, if you're hiring someone through an agency, you will uh, pay most double that. Um, but over a year, we'll just multiply, you know, about thirteen to fifteen thousand dollars. If that was the uh, question that my client had. So there you go. So it is wonderful to invest in um, a virtual assistant at the very minimum when you are uh, growing and there's a lot of administrative tasks to uh, to do. Uh, there's a lot of actually administrative online tasks to do when you're running events. And a virtual assistant is the personal, perfect person to take care of that while you're out there doing the, the physical kind of stuff. Uh, with Viv, who's downstairs in my house at the moment, she um, she's my personal assistant and we've grown the business to a level where I need someone physically here with me where we're packing today. We're unpacking after retreat um, and just uh, getting everything uh, sorted and, um, of course, someone in a more customer service role and all that. So you guys will grow um, as your business slowly evolves and grows. It started off with just me, then Stuart, then my mum, of course, my virtual assistant, and then now Viv. And, um, you know, it's just little, little incremental steps. And I believe in that sort of slow, go slow and steady rather than hard and fast. 
because uh, hard and fast sometimes can also mean that can, you can come down crashing super. That's just my style. Um, I like to um, get uh, you know evolve and grow and settle into that place and just get used to the dynamic and all that, and then you know go again. All right, guys. So that's me for another Monday morning. I hope this has been valuable. If there are further questions for this, just post them up in the comments. Um, I'm having birthday week, so for the rest of the week, I'll just do the bare minimum and obviously get back to all my clients and all that sort of stuff and enjoy myself because next week we are off to WA, South Australia, Victoria. I have three events in one week, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday back home and then off to Queensland the following week for three in three days uh, and then off to Thailand for a month. So literally this is my last week on uh, in the chair here at the desk um, and then I'm off for about seven weeks um, and I will still be around but uh, you'll see me from different locations. All right, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you guys next no, not next Monday because I'll be on the, that early morning flight to Perth. So I might do the live a little bit later in the day, sort of around 1 or 2 o'clock Melbourne time. I'll talk to you guys soon. Mwah. Have a wonderful day. Smash it out.